Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by Freedom. Freedom, Ray. That's what this episode is sponsored by. And when I think of Freedom, Ray, you know what I think of? Not only do I think of being free, because this is America, I also think about the G.I. Joe whose name was Spirit, the first Native American G.I. Joe ever created, and his bald eagle whose name was Freedom. Can you think of anything more G.I. Joe than a bald eagle named Freedom? No, I'm pretty sure that's as clear-cut as it gets <laughs> with, with the G.I. <laughs> Joe franchise. <laughs> Absolutely. And the reason we're talking about Freedom is because today's episode, we're going to talk about Eddie DiBartolo. Oh, yeah, we're going there. We're entering that, that realm. Here we go. But before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can always like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast, and be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker, The Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment, because we certainly want to hear your take on today's topics, which are Two pretty big topics. One that is Niner-centric, one that is NFL-centric. So definitely chime in. Definitely. So as we mentioned, we're going to talk about Eddie D and his uh, getting pardoned for the 1998 scandal that effectively ended his tenure as the owner of the 49ers. That's our first topic. And then our second topic is this new, very controversial playoff format. We're going to be talking about that. But first, as always... The greatest fanalist in the game is here. Your professor of fanalism, he's in the building too. And guess what? Class is in session, so let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cesar III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Just kidding. <laughs> it never gets old. It really doesn't. So, Raymond, let's talk about this. So, first of all, I want to make something very clear on this, this week's edition of the Gold Cast. Raymond and I, we try to keep the Gold Cast pretty, pretty void of any political discussions. Wouldn't you agree with that, Raymond? Yes, that's very intentional. I think, uh, yes, very intentional. I think we only did one episode ever about Colin Kaepernick. We've mentioned him over the years, you know, uh, you know, at various points mentioned him, but we only did one episode that ever even addressed the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. And that was, I think, like the first time it was even noticed. You remember that way long time ago? Yeah, it's pretty far back there. Yeah. So having said that, this is not going to be a political discussion. We're not here to uh, to discuss politics, but we are here to talk about one Donald Trump pardoning Mr. Eddie DiBartolo for the uh, scandal that he was involved in involving a riverboat gambling license he was trying to get in Louisiana. So let me see if I understand this correctly, Raymond, and then you tell me if I got this right. So he here's what happened initially. Okay, so... Back in like 97, 98, Eddie D is trying to get this gambling license for a riverboat uh, to go on the river in Louisiana. What right, river? For, for a casino. For a casino. Yes, exactly. 
So he's trying to get this, and the then governor, the governor at the time, Edwin Edwards, which is what a name. I mean, there's alliteration, and then there's having the same name twice. That's essentially what this is. There's alliteration, Peter Parker, Matt Murdock, you know, Billy Bean. But then there's Edwin Edwards, which is basically the same name twice. It's almost, it's like Rudy Rudiger, where you're kind of like, that's kind of the same name twice. That'd be like if my name was uh, Rudy Rudyard or Rudy Rodolphimus. I don't know. You know what I mean? Having the same name twice, that's weird. And that should have been your first clue that there was something shady about this Louisiana governor. I don't trust a man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never trust a man with two first names. And especially if they're the same first name twice. It it, it shows a lack of uh, lack of creativity. So Eddie D. Bartolo, the, the former Louisiana governor, then governor Edwin Edwards, tells Mr. D. Bartolo, in order for you to get this license to help secure this casino license, I'm going to need four hundred thousand dollars from you. Which is that what he said, or did Eddie offer it to him, or was it mutual? I don't. I just don't know the details of that. Well, according to the articles I've read, this is what Eddie Edwin Edwards was asking for, and in fact, he was asking from several different people, several different companies who were trying to get these casino gambling licenses on the river. Oh, so he was competing. So there was a couple of. I don't know if it was competing. I think there might have been several licenses, but he was asking the same of everybody, right? So. He so he was he had to plead guilty to failing to report a felony. So that was a felony. Edwin Edwin Edwards, uh, Eddie Eddie, Eddie Eddie uh, was trying to was was performing a felony on Eddie D. Bartolo. So there's Eddie D. And then there's Eddie E. in this situation. So Eddie E. So Eddie E. So by not reporting that. Eddie E was trying to was was asking for this four hundred thousand, which wasn't to, was basically just a a wink wink bribe essentially. By failing to report it, he uh, this is what got him in trouble, and he basically what happened was that he was um, he he pled guilty in this situation. He had to pay a one million dollar fine and was given two years probation. Uh, in return for his testimony against Edwards. So he did testify against Edwards. He was banned from the NFL for a year. Okay? And then when he came back, he basically had to make a decision on what to do. Should he keep the team or should he not? And I have a really great a great quote on this that he, he had mentioned. This is, this is great. I want to read this to you because this is I've actually never really heard this before. This is this is very this is very interesting stuff right here. So he said when he came back to the team, okay, after his after his uh after his suspension from the NFL was over, he said, "Truthfully, the team really wasn't taken away from me. I think it's been a misnomer for many many years." Commissioner Tagliabu, is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't, I've never I don't I've know which been, article you're referring to. Uh, he was just the former commissioner of the NFL at the time. Commissioner Tagliabu did obviously suspend me, but as I was going through negotiations with my family, we went through these negotiations and we went through them with lawyers, obviously, and with a judge in Akron, Ohio. It did not come down to that team being taken. It came down to a decision that had to be made whether or not I wanted the 49ers or whether or not I wanted to take the other part of the company. 
And I figured at the time, and my sister Denise uh, was involved totally, as was her family. I decided in that meeting in Akron, Ohio, that I thought it would be best that I took the other side and my tenure with the 49ers would end then and end there. I don't know if that story has ever been told, and it may have been, it may not have been, but it really was a choice. I figured there was more to do with my life at that time. I had succeeded and done a lot with the 49ers. It meant the world to me, but I figured with my daughters, with them getting older, and obviously with all of us getting older and having grandchildren at the time and them planning on families, that it would be best for me to do what was best to be a good grandfather, be a good husband and dad and do what I want to do, and maybe travel a little bit and spend more time with my family. So then he... Actually, sounds like Eddie D. If, you know, if you're familiar with his, not you, but I mean, in general, if you're familiar with how Eddie D. treated the 49ers throughout his, t- his ownership, um, this, these quotes that you're reading, it sounds very, you know, very consistent with what we know of his personality. Absolutely. So he... He basically gave ownership up to Denise, who then now his nephew and her son, Jed York, run the team. So now what happened was flash forward to 2020. And this week, Mr. Eddie DiBartolo was pardoned for all the wrongdoings that he was found guilty of in this initial riverboat gambling scandal. Eddie D was pardoned for his nefarious business deals with Eddie E. And so now he's been pardoned. And part of the people that were helping make this happen was Jerry Rice, Charles Haley, uh, Jim Brown, which didn't see that one coming. That was weird. But uh, not bad weird, just weird. Just well, Jim, well, Jim Brown has has been working with the president. I think Ray Lewis was a part of that initial too since like the very beginning, just being an advocate uh, you know, for the black community. At least that's what I observed early on in his uh, administration. Yeah, so here's what it said. Uh, there were four Hall of Famers on hand, Jerry Rice, Charles Haley, Ronnie Lott, and Jim Brown, and they had met with Trump to discuss the pardoning of DiBartolo. So they apparently had a hand on it. It's not very clear as to what, how far they did and how this really worked, but this is... Uh, you know, I've never tweeted about Trump a single time in my entire life until this went down. And I said, he really got me with this one. He went for the jugular. He pardoned Eddie D. And I have to admit, I'm okay with it. I don't think Eddie D. did anything wrong. You know, sometimes you sometimes you got to grease you got to grease the monkey's palm to make that money happen. We we re- rehabilitate murderers and rapists, so this is a far cry. You know, from that, this is one that I'm okay with. Like. Totally 120% okay with. I'll tell you what my biggest issue is with this situation, Ray. You want to know? Yeah, let's hear it. It's 22 years too late. That's my problem with this damn situation. Should have happened right there in 98. Do you? Can you imagine how many more Super Bowls we would have won had Eddie D stayed the owner? What? what, what I'm going to set the over-under at three. I'm going to set it at three Super Bowls, Ray. So Eddie D stays the owner. Do we win under three or three and a half? So do we win under three and a half or over three and a half? I think at least two more. So you're going to say you're taking the under on three and a half. Yeah, because Jeff Garcia was there and Terrell Owens was there. And I think I think 
if Eddie D was there, it wouldn't have been Jeff Garcia who left the Niners. It would have been Terrell Owens because they they when those two were feuding and you know there was an an ultimatum given, they sided with Terrell Owens. But we all know, any football fan knows that in a situation like that, if you have to choose between, and by the way, Jeff Garcia was a four-time Pro Bowl quarterback, so he was no slouch. You know, if you have to choose between the quarterback position and a dynamic wide receiver, who is the player that is more capable of carrying the team on a game by game basis, on a consistent game by game basis? You know, the the answer is undoubtedly the quarterback. So if he was there, I think Jeff Garcia would have stayed. I think Terrell Owens probably would have left. And, you know, we would have filled those positions with other roles. You know, we had okay players back then. J.J. Stokes was okay. Uh, he wasn't consistent. You know, we had okay tight ends. Nobody was. Nobody really came in to do what Brent Jones did until Vernon Davis and now George Kittle. So we did have a lull there, but we do have a, a historic, you know, a history of doing pretty well in the tight end position. And we had good, great running backs. We've had great running backs this entire since the eighties, all the Garrison way Hurst. Now. Was yeah. Garrison Hurst on the team at this at, during that during Jeff Garcia's tenure? Um, it might have been. You know, he was great. He was great every year. He was year. great. He played for him, and then after him was Frank Gore, and we all know how that turned out. You know, that was ten terrific years. So you know, Niners hit well on running backs. You know, they, they weren't no like you know Walter Payton's, but you know, extremely good backs. And in Frank Gore's case, he's most likely going to go to the Hall. Yeah, he definitely is most likely going to go to the hall. So that 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 I, I two two I'm I'm down with that. I'm down with two. How do you feel, Raymond? I want to hear how do you feel. Eddie D is now a free man, and I say that as if he's been in shackles this <laughs> <Yeah>. whole time. <laughs> as if Eddie D can finally walk the streets of America free. He him and his bird freedom. <laughs> so tell me, what do you think about Eddie? D being uh, pardoned. I think this is a great day in American history, a great day in American sports history, maybe the greatest day in American sports history. You know, if there was ever a time to echo the president's catchphrase, I think this is, you know, this week or at least, you know, the day that this happened was certainly worthy of saying, you know, and we're not talking, I'm not talking about the, the, it's a rephrase of the president's catchphrase, which you so put so eloquently when this first broke, which is Trump made the 49ers great again. <laughs> he, he did. Trump made the 49ers great again. And I, I you know, if you would have told me when he became the president uh, four years ago that we hit his final year, he single-handedly would make the 49ers great again, I would have told you you were crazy. But heavens to Betsy, here we are. Here we are, and and the 49ers are great again. Incredible. These are incredible stuff. I love that Jerry Rice had a hand in this. Jerry Rice still bringing in touchdowns. By the way, I wanted to say something to you. <laughs> yeah, still, bring it, still scoring still off the scoring. field, retired. <laughs> Still the goat, God. Yes, yeah, still the goat. Still scoring there, for the Niners. There's there no Lott- ball he can't catch. Jeez. 
<laughs> you know, Ronnie Lott still making tackles, still stopping things from happening. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, Lott making the big stop. Nope, we're gonna we're gonna put a stop to this <laughs> this felony on his on his record. And Jerry Rice saying, Nope, nope, I I got it. I got the pardon. I got the pardon. Boom, <laughs> one handed. One handed. Charles Haley with the assist. With the assist. <laughs> this is uh is incredible. An incredible play from from three of our Hall of Fame players. Props to Jim Brown, but uh, I got to give this one to the 49ers. As, as we typically do in San Francisco, we only recognize what's going on in San Francisco. The rest of the world doesn't really matter. That's just the <laughs> way it is. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Pic- picture the 49ers at the epicenter, and then picture the earth rotating around the San Francisco 49ers. That's... That's how it works. That's how it works That's, here at the Gold. You Cast. know, we don't we don't make the rules. We 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 just we just deliver the rules. That's all. We just abide by the rules. You know, it's not our fault we're the greatest sports city of the last ten years. You know, this is this is the cross we have to bear, and a heavy cross it is. All these trophies, they're so yeah. heavy. Yeah, just, the only reason why we're even bringing politics in today's game is because politics today revolved around the 49ers. Or not at least well, this around. week. This week, yeah, this week. Not yeah, not the other way around. You got to go to uh, you got to go to the what is it? Uh, what's that cast called? The the, the orange cast <laughs> for more for to, more presidential. Yes, <laughs> the, the Washington cast. <laughs> exactly. The the oval cast. The blonde hairpiece cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if you want more presidential news, but this this is a great day. I'm gonna say. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Eddie D still winning Super Bowls, still, still winning. winning, still <laughs> still winning. winning. He's 73 years old. And he's worth nearly three billion dollars, and he's My. still winning for the Niners. For the Niners, doing it for the Niners. He was like, you know what? The Niners might not have won a Super Bowl this year, but I'm gonna win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> and so he he won his own championship. Yeah, that, oh. yeah, exactly. They, they couldn't bring home the win, but you know what? I'm gonna bring home a win. <laughs> yes, he brought home a win. It's incredible stuff. Congratulations to Eddie D. Uh, we're proud of you. The 49ers are proud of you. San Francisco's proud of you. And gosh darn it, America is proud of you. Props yeah. to you. And gosh darn it, people like him. <laughs> they do. They like Eddie D. Okay, so next up, Raymond, let's talk about this very controversial rule change. So. It looks like what they want to do is, and it's a part of the CBA, so there's a couple loopholes here. So let, let's let's just talk about the NFL playoff rule change that has been discussed, okay? So here's how this works, just so everyone understands this. What they want to do is they want to expand from 12 teams to 14 teams. What that would do, here's what the resulting playoff field, it would. this is what it would look like, okay? So that means there would be, only the first seed would the first the the number one seed would get the bye. The number two seed would have to play on wild card weekend against the seventh seed. So that would we would go from four wild card games. This is what we have right now. We would go from four wild card games to six wild card games. That's a lot. It's crazy. Okay. It is crazy. So six wild card games is uh, what it would expand to. Then we would everything else would basically stay the same. We would have 
four divisional round games, two conference championships, and one Super Bowl. But but only one only one team from each conference would have the the uh, the buy the buy the first seed. That's it, which would make the first seed more important than ever. And now the second, right. even the second seed, second seed's got to play all three weekends. So that dude, means Kansas tough. City and Green Bay would have played uh, under those new rules. In, in so. This. In this yeah, let's talk about this. I don't believe in trolling people on Twitter. I don't. That's not my thing. Even when I think someone says something really dumb, I try very hard most of the time to never say anything. But here's what they said. Someone said, "Before you, com- I'm paraphrasing, but before you complain, just think about this. On Wild Card Weekend, Pittsburgh would have had to play Kansas City and uh, Green Bay would have had to play the LA Rams. So just think about that before you complain. To which my response was, who cares? I didn't write this. I just thought I'm like, I wouldn't have wanted to see those games. Those sound stupid. No, <laughs> that sounds like a terrible. That's stupid. Who cares? Here's the problem. Yeah, this. I, I wanted to see Green Bay playing the divisional round like the second seeded champs they were. That's what I wanted to see. And let's talk about this. Let's talk about. Let me tell you the teams that would have gone from the last ten years. You ready oh for my this? God. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Do you have the records too? Yeah, I have the records too. Oh, these All right, some, I got to hear this. Yeah. 2019, Pittsburgh was 8 and 8. Los Angeles 9 and 7. 2018, Pittsburgh again 9 6 and 1. Minnesota 8 7 and 1. Well, some stellar records. 2017, Baltimore 9 and 7. Detroit 9 and 7. Okay, I can live with those. 2016, Tennessee, 9-7. Tampa Bay, 9-7. Oh, man, the 2016 Titans and the 2016 Buccaneers. Ooh, boy, would have loved to see those guys in the playoffs. The 2015 New York Jets at 10-6 and and the Atlanta Falcons at 8-8. Oh, yeah, the New York Jets anytime in the playoffs. What a doozy that Only one team with a respectable record out of everyone that you just named. Mm Mm-hmm. 2014. The Houston Texans at nine and seven, and the Philadelphia uh, Eagles at ten and six. I wonder if they're bald eagles named Freedom. In 2013, <laughs> Pittsburgh again eight and eight. God, Pittsburgh would have been in a billion times. And Arizona ten and six, another respectable record. Pittsburgh 2012, Pittsburgh again eight and eight. Chicago ten and six. 2011, Tennessee nine and seven. Chicago Bears eight and eight. And in 2010. San Diego Chargers at nine and seven, and the New York Giants at ten and six. So, I find this. There would have been, of the twenty teams that would have gone, there would have been one, two, three, four, five, six teams with eight wins. There would have been. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams with nine wins. And then one, two, three, four, five teams with ten wins. That's uh those aren't great numbers. At least we have no one under eight wins would have made it, but eight wins is pretty mediocre. I'm sorry. Do you really think a seventh seed is going to get all the way to the Super Bowl and win a seventh seed? No. No, there's no way. So 
Now here's the thing. So okay, so let's let so now we've cleared up. So so here's the thing. So this has been essentially been included into the new CBA, the new collective bargaining agreement between the NFL Players Association and the NFL ownership. Yeah, these are just two of like a hundred items that are on these on these sheets. There's a ton of stuff. A lot of it has to do with pay, like uh pensions and stuff for players who are no longer in the league. Uh, there's increase in rookie salaries. There's uh, practice, new practice rules for pads. How many consecutive days in pads? There's a whole bunch of stuff, but these two particular rules we're talking about are the juiciest. Definitely the juiciest. So now, this has been included. It has. It's. But in order for this to go into effect next season, this coming season, the players would have to vote and agree with the current collective bargaining agreement. And if we know anything about CBA, the the players association more specifically. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, their, their union, they have to agree on this. They have to agree on, on this collective bargaining agreement, the entire CBA, not just the playoff rules, but every, uh, every single item that is listed on there. Now, the chances of them doing that are pretty slim. It usually goes through, various levels and the chance of a strike is always very high very very high so i wouldn't hold my breath and to me to me the 17 game one is is the biggest one like so look, why I, don't you talk about that with everybody well 17 regular season games so you 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 subtract one of the preseason games to offset it so that they're not playing you know 17 plus 4 you know, 21 games. You're still playing the exact same amount of games. The only difference is now one of those preseason games now counts towards the regular season. The problem I have with this is injury. That's the biggest issue with that. So you have 17 regular season games plus, you know, an extra wild card game. I mean, those wild card games are still going to be played on the same weekend. It's not like you have two weekends of wild cards, but, you know, it's still more games. And, and only one team gets to buy, which means every other team in the tournament, six teams have to play uh, an additional week. So they're playing 17 weeks plus whatever they managed to get through in the tournament. And I know that's, that's to me, I mean, it took a long time for a wild card team to win a Super Bowl. And wasn't, didn't it end up being the Giants against the Patriots? In the, was that the, the six, first wild card six, win? Sixteen and zero. I don't know. It might have been. Maybe we'll have someone fact check that. We don't fact check over here. No. But um, you know, uh, but but imagine the daunting task of you know now that now that new you know hurdle is going to be there, and to me, so I I just don't think that I just don't know if there's enough compensation in these payment adjustments because these payment adjustments don't the ones that are in the this fact sheet and you can go online to look at it. It's like, like four or five pages long. It's like three actually. Yeah. It's like three pages long, but the, the parts that talk about payment, I don't know if that's enough to, you know, equate to, yeah, I'll play an extra game. You know, I'll risk injury in a sport that's already, you know, brutal in terms of injury, especially the repercussions of those injuries. I mean, players are retiring early, now more than they ever have before because of you know the the research and the science that's been you know revealed surrounding the aftermath the after effects of these uh, these injuries and i just don't know if that's worth it if i was a player uh, there'd be two two ways to look at this the first way would be like all right i get more money 
but I got to pay an extra. I got to play an extra goddamn week. And then the other, and then the other side of it too, as far as the playoffs is going, like if I was a player, you know, I, I would be apprehensive towards the former proposal. And then against the latter proposal in ter- uh, for the playoffs, I think a part of me would actually kind of be excited about that. So I'd be like, Hey, I, I have a shot now or, or I have an increased opportunity to win a title. So from a player perspective, absolutely makes sense. From a fan perspective, I don't want eight and eight teams and nine and seven teams competing in the tournament. There's a reason those teams aren't allowed in there. To me, 10, 10 and six is respectable. That one's okay. I get that one. So, you know, maybe you make adjustments where like, you know, uh, you know, to be, here's what I think. I mean, overall, this is what I think. I think that the current format is the best iteration that exists right now in the league. And of, of all the three sports too, by the way. I don't like the one game playoff in baseball. I don't like that at all. And I think basketball should have a wild card uh, round too. And, but with football, I think the version they have is perfect the way it is, is near perfect. It's not perfect. I mean, we had a seven and nine Seahawks team go to the playoffs one year, and that was just embarrassing for the NFL, embarrassing for the West, embarrassing if you live in Seattle and you like neon green. Just embarrassing if you believe in a fictitious bird. Just embarrassing all all over the all across the board, and so there I do. So that's that's the one flaw in the system is that every division winner is awarded a playoff spot. But the truth is, if you have a ten and six team in the NFC South, and that ten and six team has a better record than the best team in the NFC West, in my opinion, that should default to that record. And be like, sorry, nobody from the NFC NFC West gets to go to the tournament today because none of you guys were freaking good enough to get inside the tournament. Therefore, we're going to award it to the next best team, who was ten and six, who had a better record than the best team in your division. I think that's that would be the one adjustment I would make to the current format, so that we don't have another mishap like the Seahawks getting in. Okay, so break that down again. How exactly does that work? And this is also weird. Think about this: you could be the ten and six. You could be a ten and six seven seed, but then a nine a seven and nine number one seed in the NFC West, for instance, a Seattle could actually be ranked higher than you when you're and you're a ten and six seven seed. I don't understand how that works at all. I don't know how that works either, and I don't know not sure how they're going to do it because the division, well, the the seeding is not based on division anyway. Seeding is just based on record and 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 strength of schedule in the event of a tie and if you played one another in the event of a tie so at, at least as far as seeding goes i think the seeding will be fine because the seeding is reflective of your record and everything else i just mentioned so we won't have like you know if the detroit lions are 11 and 5 which would be a blessing and an anomaly in the world of football then you would then you know they would be appropriately seeded according to the other teams in that conference and then anybody who was like, if you had like maybe another 11-5 team, then the seating would, you know, would be broken down just like it's always been broken down. So I think that part's not fine. The, the, the part I have issue with is there's there's an extra playoff game. And to me, you're inviting, this is the part that bothers me the most. And I've, I've already said it, but I'll say it again. You're inviting, you're allowing mediocrity to now muddle the tournament. So the tournament is given the best of the best. And we and there's already a huge disparity most of the time. Now, NFL, granted, NFL is the one sport of the three major sports where any team, regardless of how mediocre or 
you know, how injured they were or, or how much they've, they've stumbled into the tournament where one team can really best another team regardless of what their seeding was. You know, we saw that with the New York Giants and, and Eli Manning going all the way up against the 16-0 and Patriots and besting them in the fourth quarter. And we've seen that. But there is still, in this, this past season, this past tournament was a very good indicator with the exception of the Ravens who just really kind of ran out of steam because exhaustion Trap is a, game. yeah exhaustion is a part of this sport and I think they just got exhausted and and the bye really disrupted their momentum and streaks but, do not work well in football but that's neither here nor there you got they don't the, they're, they're really hard to pull yeah. off which is why only one team has ever won the whole thing without losing a game and by the way they played two less games in that era and so but by by putting that extra game in there you're you're inviting you know, in my opinion, you're inviting shitty teams into the tournament. And I, in my opinion, I don't think shitty teams belong in the tournament. I th- and, and like I was saying, so there's already a huge disparity. What we saw, for the most part, we saw the best teams win in in the tournament. The Niners steamrolled both teams on the way to the to the Super Bowl. And we saw, you know, you know, Chiefs won. The, the Titans were the only anomaly in, in the in the tournament this year. And they played good, sound football, you know, but they, they ran out of gas too. And they made some bad decisions in that game to, to lose it. But the point is, you know, most of the teams, you know, there's, there's been some crazy seasons where you have upsets. But what we saw this past season is very indicative of what I like to see. I like, you know, I, I'm not saying I like to see the dominant team win. I'm just saying the teams I expect to win, like that's, that's typically how it's supposed to work. You know, it's more, it's, this is more, it's more predictable predictable in the NBA than it is in the NFL. The NFL is more unpredictable, which is why the playoffs I think are so exciting because it's like you feel like if your if your ten and six team gets in, you think you've got a shot against that thirteen and three team or that fourteen and two team or and that. And you very legitimately rare, do. You, you really do. do. You totally do. You totally do. You totally do. But to me, I just think I, I don't mind that. But what I do mind is an eight and eight team or a nine and seven team getting into the tournament when when to be honest, they had no business being in the tournament in the first place because under the original format, you know there's a reason why they didn't get in that you just weren't good enough, you weren't good enough, so you don't deserve to be in the team. you barely won you know half your games or you 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 edged one more game over five hundred you know nine and seven isn't good. You lost nearly half your games. Eight and eight is not good. Eight and eight is very unimpressive. You're five hundred. You lost eight games. Yes, and and under the, and under the rules, an eight and eight team, you're only a few players away from turning into a ten and six or eleven and five team. So it's okay. It's not the end of the world. And eight, eight and eight's a good position to be in. Six and ten's not bad either. You know, you're you get you're you're gonna you're gonna get a pretty good draft pick. And that draft pick can potentially turn things all around. You know, we saw that happen with you know Nick Bosa coming onto the defense after our six and ten season, or well, six and ten, and then got derailed by the ACL tear from Garoppolo. But then we had a four and twelve season turn into a thirteen three season. You know, that got us a, a key defensive player on the line of scrimmage. But you know, th- that's why it's set up the way it is, so that teams that are mediocre or teams that are you know below average have a shot going forward via the draft and of course always via free free agency if they you know negotiate if they if their gm's a savvy negotiator but you know i'm going off the rails but but going back to the original thing i just don't to me i think 
the Players Association would be foolish to sign this agreement to agree to. I think they'd be more comfortable with the playoff format than they would be 17 games. I think ultimately the 17 games is the anchor that keeps this from sailing. That to me, because that to me is the more consequential change to the sport in terms of health. And I don't think you can necessarily put a price on your health if it's not there. You know, what good is the money if, if you know, if you're not capable of being fully comprehensive to enjoy it from your injuries of playing that extra game. So to me, that doesn't make sense. So, you know, from a fan perspective, you know, it's like, Hey, get an extra week of games. And I, I personally can't stand Thursday night games. Um, and I don't like uh, the playoff format. And just from a player perspective, I think I'd be excited about it. But from a fan perspective, I think it's a horrible decision. It's just, it, it muddles the tournament. You know, I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, it just, it, to me, it's, it's, uh, I don't, what's, what's the term? Um, not muddled, but I mean, in addition, it dilutes, it dilutes yes, the competition. There you go. There you go. That's it. It dilutes it. Yes. That's it. So here's, here's, here's a rule change that the NFL should adopt immediately in place of all these silly extra games. And I'm going to, here's what it is, Raymond. The loser of the Super Bowl or maybe even the NFC or AFC chain. Let's maybe we uh, depends. Maybe it's the loser of the Super Bowl or maybe it's the 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 yeah, yeah, loser of the Super Bowl. I think that's the way it goes. I think it's the best way to do this. I had a couple other proposals. I don't want to confuse it. What you get at the end of the game. So at the end of the game, they hand the Lombardi trophy to the Kansas City Chiefs and they've got the Lombardi trophy. Bam, awesome. And they turn to the 49ers and they go, and your consolation prize, San Francisco, is a money in the bank contract. And they hand him (laughs) a gold money in the bank contract. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the money in the bank contract, this is in WWE. It's one of the greatest inventions of all time. And after WrestleMania, which is their Super Bowl, they have the money in the bank competition, right? The the money in bank pay-per-view tournament and the way it works is you have to they have this contract that's in a in a gold briefcase and says money in the bank and what that contract enables the winner the person who get, who gets the in order to get it in WWE you have to climb a ladder you have to grab the briefcase you have to pull it off this hook and you got to bring it down and then it's yours and when you have the money in the bank contract this guarantees you the competitor uh, a a one way shot to fight the champ any day anywhere in in an arena if you guys are both in the building at the same time and it's like eighty percent of all people who've ever had the money in the bank belt have won the title like it it's a because it, generally what you do is you wait till they're they're getting beat up or if they're in the middle they just lost a match you just go run out you 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 hand the you hand the contract to the ref they automatically start the match and you go. Now, what I think they should have done is as soon as they handed that Lombardi trophy to the Kansas City Chiefs, they turn around and they hand a money in the bank contract to the San Francisco 49ers so that any time in the next 12 months between now and the next Super Bowl, if if when the 49ers are ready, they can run onto the field, cash that contract, and immediately force the Chiefs to play the Super Bowl again. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know what you do? You do it when they're not expecting it, like week four of the of the preseason, or you do it like week sixteen of the or, of or, the, or both uh, teams ha- or both teams happen to be in New Orleans in the off season, and they, they, <laughs> they cash it in. <laughs> they cash it. Superdome go, will go. be open this weekend mm. for a money in the bank match. <laughs> the money in the bank. San Francisco's cashing in their money in the bank. They're going to compete for the Super Bowl again. <laughs> that's that's what we need. That's what the NFL needs. The NFL needs a money in the bank contract. That's what this needs. I'm I'm tired of these silly games. Give me some money in the bank. Give me an opportunity to 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 get a rematch for that Super Bowl anytime in the next 12 months. Now that that brother, that is good football. That is some drama. That's what I, that's what I propose, Ray. That I propose the money in the bank contract be introduced. Screw the rest of this. That's what we want to see. Not a bad so, right, proposal. I mean, right. in, in all serious, I think uh, you. I think neither of these, neither of these changes are very good for the sport. And I know th- there was an article, or it came out. Remember, I don't know if you remember this. This is an obscure one, but uh, Mark Cuban, the owner for the Dallas Mavericks, came out and said that the NFL, that that the the one thing business one hundred and one is not to get greedy because when you get re- greedy you you know you you unnecessarily you know f- stuff your pig and then you know things go awry after that and that 10 years from now the NFL would be in that same position is what he predicted now we're only 6 years into that prediction of his but if some if rules like this got implemented i could see a scenario where 4 years from now that something like this would you know eventually come back to bite the NFL and they would perhaps have to, you know, uh, revert some of these rules, you know, or, or you know, may, they'd have to do something drastic or maybe adjust them. I couldn't see them going backwards. I could only see them maybe going laterally. That's usually how the NFL operates. They don't like to regress. They like to progress. And in the event of not being able to progress, they make, you know, lateral movements because that's just not, you know, it's it's part of business too you don't want to you don't want to necessarily have the you don't want to give off the perception that you're moving backwards from something that you thought was a good decision but anyways that was just something interesting that I read uh this week where someone brought up the Mark Cuban prediction he's only six years into it but something like this could very much fall into you know or play into that prediction and by the way Mark Cuban's pretty smart fucking dude (laughs) <laughs> last time i checked <laughs> pretty also, also I, a billionaire <laughs> also billionaire a pretty smart fucking dude that's a that's a great way to end this episode uh i agree raymond they should not change these rules but they are inevitable i do think that the pride the you think they're inevitable should... so you so you think we're going to go to 17 and and six wild card games I think we're going to go to six wild card games. I don't know about the 17 one. I'm not too sure about that. I also think for sure they need to drop that fourth preseason game. But the only reason they even said they keep it is because of the money, the revenue. God, I mean, God forbid God forbid the NFL owners lose any more money because we know how bad they're hurting. So, I mean, you know, you got to take every penny you can get when you're a poor NFL owner. Yes. It's dire straits over there in uh, <laughs> NFL town. 
It is dire straits in NFL town. I, I agree that the preseason is pretty crappy, although I enjoy the preseason now more than I ever did when I was younger, just because I get excited about watching the draft picks and evaluating the draft picks. Me too. And, and sometimes I just kind of like seeing the, the new guy, the, you know, the veterans in there, like, you know, this, this coming season, Nick Bosa is going to be a veteran or at least, you know, year two, you know, year three is usually when you get tagged with the veteran moniker, but you know, it's going to be fun seeing those guys get back into the swing of things because, you know, as we know, we're, we haven't been talked a lot about the Niners or at least the Super Bowl and who wants to. But what I will say is that the, what I've read is that the entire team is pretty hungry and seems like seems like they're gearing up for revenge season. Yeah, you know, and I will say this, this this it's very early way too early but this feels a little this feels a little San Antonio Spurs after they lost the 2013 series to the to the Heat this feels a little bit like the Kansas City Royals after they lost to the San Francisco Giants in the World Series that the the 2015 season for the Royals it feels 2014 Spurs 2015 Royals where it's like Oh, these are some teams right now that really could go on the revenge tour. Then, and this team is, I think, well poised to do it. So, uh, but it does feel like there is a very singular focus, and that that for them, for them, uh, there is no off season. They're just they're just rolling right in and getting ready for next year. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that it it seems to be unanimous. It's not like there's one dude. that's like, oh mm, my god, I can't wait to go into free agency. You know, it's you know, Eric even Eric Armstead said. I'll take the franchise tag if it means I get to stay here and other guys get to stay too, you know, mm-hmm. meaning like I'll take the franchise tag because it's guaranteed money anyways. And yeah, it's only one year. It's not a long term, but it's the trade off is the team. You know, I, I give more leverage to the front office to keep to keep uh, more key, key players together. And have that continuity going into the next season, which, by the way, typically, especially in a sport that involves 11 guys to cooperate at any given play, you know, that really does increase your chances of repeating. It does. It absolutely does. Uh, And we will obviously talk more about that as we move on through the year. But what say you, Goldcast Nation? How do you feel? Eddie D is now walking the streets as a free man. How do you feel about Eddie D? How do you feel about these proposed NFL rule changes? Do you like the 17 game season? Do you like the playoffs? The the six the six uh six wild card games in the six expanding from four games to six games on wild card weekend. Ugh. I know. Ugh. How do you, how Sounds do you feel so about gross. this format? And do you think the 49ers are primed for a revenge season let us know go to youtube.com slash the gold cast and uh let us know there that's a place where those are where all of our comments are left up and we're actually we're about ready ray we need to do a mailbag real soon here because we, we got will. a lot we got a lot this of a good mail. this is a good this is if there's any episode to you know follow up with uh, some mailbag this is a great one it, yeah. it's so so remember remember the, the topics here folks it's you know uh trump makes the Bartolo family and the 49ers great again <laughs> the the NFL the NFL is uh trying to you know expand the the sport into dangerous and just diluted territory and of course the Niners you know really focused on getting what they felt they rightfully deserved a couple of yes. you know, few Sundays ago they're making their own money in the bank contract and I support it 
All right, here we go. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel.